Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show was heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Friday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also pick it up at our flagship uh, station, Podomatic. I should say our flagship uh, platform, Podomatic. Also Amazon, Spotify, and oh, a bunch of others. It's brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp coming up in just two weeks. We do have some room available. We only have a few rooms left, which have to be shared. Uh, the bathrooms have to be shared with the room next to you. And we do have some rooms for uh, young, unaccompanied uh, youngsters or adults. Other than that, we're pretty filled up. But not to worry if you can't make it to this uh, week-long camp, July 16th to the 21st at the beautiful Singing Hills Christian Camp and Retreat Center. You can always make it to our weekend retreat coming up September 29th to October 1st at the Camp Sentinel in Tuftonboro, which is a little bit north of where I am in the Lakes region. And Singing Hills, by the way, is an hour north and west of the state capital of Concord. For more information on that and all of the other things we have to offer, please visit our website, campconstitution.net well this is a to me this is the most important week in our uh, and hit in our history our country's history the united states of america this would be uh, the celebration of independence day and i'm going to get into that but before i have uh, it's such a wonderful thing to report for supreme court decisions last week all of them were in favor of liberty and freedom uh, and the left is going ballistic. Of course, they're always going ballistic because they just, they're never happy about anything. They hate America. And um, for years, the Supreme Court has issued horrible decisions. You've had an activist uh, Supreme Court that has destroyed the concept of marriage, allowed the, uh, the death of millions of babies, uh, destroyed uh, religious freedom. Uh, and so on and so forth. But now some of this stuff is getting right. I know last year with our decision, um, Shirtliff v. Boston and the uh, Coach Kennedy decision and some uh, other decisions dealing with the right to keep and bear arms, uh, just incredible. But last week, first the first one was the so-called affirmative action. It, isn't it amazing how the left loves to change the definitions and uses like affirmative action. Isn't that something positive? If you take action that's affirmative, that it affirms something, that it's good, it's actually affirmative action was nothing more than discrimination against white You know, the bottom, the, the concept was, well, black people have been discriminated against. Yes, not going to argue that. Was it wrong? Yes, it's wrong. No question about it. So they, they, they try to fix a wrong by another wrong. And uh, the old in mathematics, two negatives may e may uh, may equal a positive. But in uh, in uh, law, two negatives or two negatives, it's still a negative. Uh, so, uh, and you know, when they talk about white supremacy and they talk about white privilege, uh, ever since the mid '60s, we've had black privilege and black black supremacy. The federal government and many state governments, uh, because they had to under federal law. Oh, uh, they thought they had to. They didn't really have to, but they went along with it. They're worried about getting their money cut off for their uh, various billions and billions of dollars of funding. So they went along with it. 
and they had uh, minority set-aside programs. Uh, they, they gave uh, certain groups of people points when it came to tests and percentages, and they lowered the standards. And uh, I know there was a decision in uh, the Baki. It was, I think it was a gentleman that was trying to get into medical school in 1978. But they were still discriminating. And, in, uh, and what happened was Harvard University uh, had too many Asians, they thought. Asians are pretty smart people. Why are they so smart? Well, uh, maybe because they, they push education. Maybe it's in the family that the mom, mom and dad encourage it. The family is, for the most part, intact, unlike... Uh, Blacks and some white families, where you have, um, you know, you had divorce and yeah, or out of wedlock marriages. The Orientals, Japanese, Chinese, uh, and Asians in general don't put into put up with that stuff, and they keep the family together. And that obviously is a benefit when you're raising children with mom and dad there, economic opportunity, and they do very well. Economic, they do better than uh, I think every Asian group with maybe one exception, does better than white people. Uh, and so uh, if if they all meet the standards and they get into Harvard, they should be able to get into Harvard. Harvard said, no, we got too many Asians. We got to, well, we can't, we can't have this. And so, uh, and it was also in North Carolina, University of North Carolina. So the Supreme Court ruled 6-3 and you can't do that. No more affirmative action. Now there's ways around this stuff and they've, you know, so it's not going to end right away, but we know it's, it, and when the left goes crazy, you know that something's positive come out of it. Then they also, uh, there was a letter carrier from Pennsylvania. I tried to reach out to him. Hopefully I, I, I will be able to interview him at some point, but he, um, I think it was, it was a part-time job and he wanted Sundays off and uh, they made him, initially he had Sundays off. And then when the post office Signed a contract with Amazon. They had to deliver on Sundays, so uh, he Sundays, and I believe he resigned as a result and ended up winning his case nine uh, zero, like our case. Our case was nine zero two, and then there was uh, the student loan. Uh, Biden thought he could just simply arbitrarily forgive, I don't know, a half a trillion dollars worth of student loans. Now the. F- 13% of Americans have some type of student loans that are guaranteed by the federal government to some extent, all of it unconstitutional, by the way. Uh, even Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi said the president can't just, uh, that's something that Congress can do. So uh, what the bottom line is that 87% of the American people who don't have student loans would have to uh, pay up the 13% that do. And the 13% with their college degrees, some of them aren't doing much of anything because they're bums and you know, I guess uh, lesbian film critics studies and such, and uh, probably not a big demand, but some of them do well for themselves. Some of these people are doctors and professionals and nurses and others, uh, and they're making good money, but they don't want to pay their student loans. And what a great way to get the vote. You talk about greed, how, you know, this Bernie Sanders is always yapping about capitalism and greed and greed and greed and greed. Yet when you say, hey, vote for me, and I will uh, forgive your debt. Vote for me, and I'll guarantee you twenty bucks an hour. Uh, vote for so they're appealing to people's greed. So they're they're lying to you when they say they don't. So anyway, that was uh, Supreme Court said they can't do that, Biden. And let's see what else was there. Oh, the lady in Colorado. She was a website designer. And I didn't realize it, but now people who get married have websites. So who are about to get married have websites. Maybe it's so people can log in and uh, what presents should I buy? Should I uh, 
that kind of thing. We got married in 93. We never thought of designing a website. But there's a lady who was a Christian, and she said, look, I'm not going to design websites for so-called same-sex marriages. Won't do it. And, uh, oh, the left went crazy. Oh, it set back LGBTQ. Uh, this was a 6-3 decision. And this decision um, basically said that, you know, they have a religious, they have the religious exemption. They don't have to do that. It's the right to contract. There was a case, also a case in Colorado with a baker. Uh, uh, and this fellow has been sued by the state as vicious. And see, this is the viciousness of this alphabet mafia, or I like to call it big sodomy. You know, you've got big business, you've got big, uh, big pharma, you've got big government. Now you have big sodomy and they all work together in concert. And they, they you can't just disagree. They, there's so many people out there that will create your website. You just go to somebody else. They'll say, you can't, you know, if I go to a, I went to an auto repair shop, my friend, a friend of mine did. And he says, you know, I work on this 1996 vehicle, um, you know, go someplace else. We didn't sue him. Say, oh, okay, no problem. We found someone else pretty quickly. And why would you want to contract with somebody who doesn't agree with your worldview anyway? So just go on to some, oh no, their goal is to destroy anyone who doesn't agree with them. And there's been such great pushback. And it's about time. Uh, it was uh, some school, uh, some junior high children in Burlington, Massachusetts. They went in there. They're passing out rainbow paraphernalia, and they threw it in the ground, or the floor, and stomped on it. And enough is enough. We've had it. Uh, and it's all over the country. You see, in this backlash, of course, the left is even more adamant than before. But Major League Baseball, they they there was pushback, and they ended up taking some of the pride, the so-called pride logos off their uh, their websites. Uh, they had a big demonstration against this uh, group of perverts, anti-Christian, anti-Catholic degenerates, called the Sisters of Perpetual what, Perpetual Indulgence. Imagine being invited and getting an award from a Major League Baseball team. That shows you how corrupt and decadent. Uh, our nation has become, how disgusting it's become, and how Major League Baseball on, and all these other corporations, but there's been, like I say, pushback, and some of them, they're not doing the right thing for the right, they're doing the right thing for the wrong reason. They're just worried about the bottom line. But, you know, you know that's the bottom, that, that's it. And it's good to see that there are a lot of Americans, and they'll say, look, you're homosexual, that's your business. Don't make it my business. Don't put it in my face. Don't put flag, these rainbow flags everywhere. Rainbow flags represent nothing but sex, in this case, sodomy. Why do you have to celebrate sodomy? Keep it to yourself. But no, they have to promote it. In fact, uh, Pastor Scott Lively said basically uh, it's a homosexual um, supremacy. And uh, what was it? The new uh, the new Supreme Court Justice, um, her name, Gitanji Brown, the one that couldn't tell between a male and a female. Um, she uses the term protected class. Well, wait a minute now. I don't see that in my constitution. So everybody's supposed to be equal under the law, not a protected class. So if you're a sodomite, you're protected. You have more rights than anybody else, and your rights trump everyone else's. Huh? Interesting. That's well, of course that's been that way for a generation at least. So uh, anyway, I just want to say I'm just delighted on these decisions. We got a long way to go. We're we're still a perverse and wicked generation. Uh, we need revival in our, not just in our country. And by the way, the pushback is not just in the United States, Canada, even in England. Can you believe it? This pushback. I guess, uh, you know, people can just, how, how much of it can they put up with? 
and the left will push and push and push until they get a little pushback. And if the old, the old, the old, the old uh, Lenin's three steps, uh, two steps forward, three steps forward, two steps back. But we can't, we got to keep pushing and just saying, no, we're not going to put up with this stuff. Take this, take these flags down, no place for them, etc. So anyway, tomorrow, today is uh, Monday and the show broadcast uh, today, uh, tonight and also next Friday. But uh, July 4th, Independence Day, a lot of people say have a happy 4th. And there's a little joke. Uh, you ask the question, do other countries have a July 4th? And they're like, hmm, gee, I don't think so. Well, they all do, except they don't celebrate it. Uh, we celebrate, we don't celebrate the day so much as what happened on that day. And it was when the Constitution was uh, was ratified by the, uh, it's very interesting because it wasn't signed by all of the delegates. It was only signed by John Hancock and I think the secretary, which he, he signed it as a formality. It wasn't binding when he signed it. John Hancock being the president of the Second Continental Congress. Uh, and most of the signers didn't sign it until August 2nd. And there was even some that signed it later than that, and th that were not even in the room in Philadelphia, July 4th, 1776. And I'm going to read the declaration. A lot of people, uh, you know, they celebrate the, the 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 holiday, but they really don't know too much. Why do we celebrate? Oh yeah, it's a day. Oh, something good happened. Oh yeah, okay. There's also a lot of people on the left that hate this country. They hate our history, and they don't want us to celebrate it. Oh, it's racist. It's this. It's white supremacy. It's this. It's this. It's that. Let me tell you, this constant, this declaration set the stage for the abolition of slavery, not just in the United States, but other parts of the world too. Um, and, you know, when he, uh, so um, most of it was written by Thomas Jefferson. I think it was early June is uh, when they, uh, they were, they knew that there'd be this Richard, uh, Richard Henry Lee's uh, resolution of independence would have been approved. So there was, I think, five men, John, Ad John Adams, uh, John Hancock, uh, not sorry, not John Hancock, John Adams, uh, um, Tom, Thomas Jefferson, who did most of the writing, Roger Sherman. Um, let's see who else was there. Uh, uh, anyway, these are the men that sort of uh, worked on the declaration. There was lots of revisions. And uh, after it was agreed upon, there was still revisions. And this is what we get. Action of the Second Continental Congress, July 4th, 1776. The unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. And United States is lowercase. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness, 
Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing uh, invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former system of government. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct objection the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let's facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And once so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodations of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasion on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose, obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migration hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenor of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their sustenance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has effected to render the military independent of and superior to civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries, 
so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering, altering fundamentally the forms of our government. For suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguishable destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. One repeated petition have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by the legislature to extend an unwarranted ju jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections in correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war and peace friends. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America in general Congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of the right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states that have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do, and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And um, the, it was just an incredible uh, document here. There's so much to uh, there's so much to talk about just to review all these different things here. Um, sending mercenaries. Uh, trying people overseas, uh, or in some cases without a jury, not uh, passing laws, uh, agreeing to laws that have been passed that are necessary, uh, having foreign mercenaries uh, come in, uh, and just just a pretty wicked guy, King George III. And the fact is they tried, they tried to appeal, they had the olive branch petition, 
and it just wasn't enough. And by the time this was signed, of course, it was already a continental army. They already had the uh, conquered Lexington, the Battle of Bunker Hill, and George Washington did not. A lot of people think Washington was uh, one of the signers of the Declaration. He probably would have been there. He was a member of the First Continental Congress, but he was appointed uh, general of the uh, of the Continental Army, and he was in Boston uh, at that point in July of 1776. He had um, taken command of. Actually, I'm sorry. No, that was. Um, 75 and then they had the um this in march of 76 was the evacuation of boston but washington was already in the field at that time and a lot of americans don't really appreciate our incredible history and then you think of the sacrifice that thousands of americans made their lives and the signers not one of these signers ever recanted not one of them became, uh, what's the word, they um, matured politically. That's the term they use now. If you if you change your positions from freedom to tyranny, you know, from from person who advocates limited government to a person who is a big advocate of, of, of all-powerful government. Uh, so uh, no, no defectors, and some of them lost their lives. There's a nice little article called They Sign For Us, and it has some of what happened to some of them. Some of them lost their lives. Some of them lost their fortunes especially the signers from New York, where there was more, there were more engagements, battles in New York than I think all of the other colonies combined. And, um, and some went, died broke, but they, um, they died free men. And uh, what they did made it possible for us. And one of the things I've done over the years, I haven't done it lately, but we used to have an information table in downtown Boston on July 4th, and we'd set it up kind of early in the morning and uh, we would have honoring the lives of the signers. How many can you name? And in Boston, they have a, a big July 4th fireworks um, uh, concert in the evening and hundreds of thousands of people attend. So there's lots of tourists around and we would offer them, uh, you know, come tell us how many, how many signers of the declaration can you name? You're here to celebrate that incredible day. Can you name any? Can you, uh, you know, their memory by acknowledging that you know a few and most people couldn't name two or three. Every now and then we got someone who could name five. And every so often we get a person who knew their history and they would be able to rattle off a whole bunch of them. Uh, but I think it's important not just to know their names, but a little bit about them. Now, uh, I'm originally from Massachusetts and Massachusetts had um, the signers included John Hancock, Samuel Adams, John Adams, Robert Treat Payne, and Elbridge Jerry. And I think Jerry signed it much later than... Um, I think he signed it after August 2nd. Um, he was also one of the attendees at the Constitutional Convention, but he did not sign the, the Constitution. He later uh, became in favor of it, but he was initially against it. Uh, now in my new state, my newly adopted state, uh, New Hampshire, Josiah Bartlett, who, by the way, was born in Massachusetts, William Whipple, Matthew Thornton, and uh, I believe William Whipple was a doctor. Uh, Rhode Island was Stephen Hopkins and William Ellery. Connecticut, Roger Sherman. And Roger Sherman, I think, signed all of the organic documents. He was the, signed the uh, Olive Branch Petition. He signed the Declaration of Independence. He signed, uh, he was at the Constitutional Convention, signed that, and also the Articles of Confederation. He was involved in that too. Um, Samuel Huntington, William Williams, and Oliver Walcott from Connecticut. New, uh, New York, William Floyd, Philip Livingston, 
Francis Lewis and Lewis Morris. And I think it was Francis Lewis who was, I think his wife died in captivity. The British, uh, there were some, you know, humane uh, officers at some point. Sometimes there was some goodwill between those. And there was the British could be really horrible people. They did some nasty things to people, you know. Um, now in Maryland, uh, Samuel Chase, William Paca, Thomas Stone, and Charles Carroll of Carrollton. And the reason why Charles Carroll, who, by the way, was the only Catholic that signed the document, the reason why he put his where he was from is he had a cousin with the first, the same name, and he didn't want them to be confused and have his cousin potentially uh, persecuted for, for his action. And he was actually the last living signer. I think he died in the 1830s. That movie, National Treasure, the first one, the very first scene, it shows him with uh, giving some documents to uh, President Andrew Jackson. It was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, it was it had him at some kind of Masonic secrets, but it's a little inaccurate because uh, uh, a Catholic man would not have been a Mason. Just not happening. Anyway, you don't have much time left. Uh, I do encourage you visit our website and our YouTube. I just put up a blog of um, a wonderful, uh, a wonderful booklet that we have as a free PDF. They uh, entitled um, well, they signed for us, and you can also uh, watch. Richard Howell's wonderful presentation on the Declaration. He goes into a lot of details of how it came about, and some of the. You know, we talked about all of the things King George has done. He goes into more detail. So it's only about forty-eight minutes. So campconstitution.net. Go to our blog, and there's links to uh, that wonderful essay as well as the um, uh, the Richard Howell's presentation. With that, I want to wish you a happy Independence Day. May God bless us with many more. And until next week, may God richly bless you. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff.